This series, brought to you by Westmeath County Libraries, is also funded by Creative Ireland. Hello and welcome to In Conversation, a series exploring creativity. I'm Nola Farrell and today I'm in conversation with sculptor and woodcarver Richie Clark. Straight away, mm. talk about a w- the wonderful world of creativity. Mm. Uh, Richie, thank you for joining us today um, and thanks for coming in to share your thoughts on, on that wonderful world of creativity oh. and word, wonderful word. Uh, what does it mean to Richie mm. Clark? What, what, what does creativity yeah. mean to you? Well, firstly, thanks very much. I'm very flattered that you asked me to, to be here and it's nice to get an opportunity to have a chat like this. Uh, creativity. When I think about it, I can simplify it and I can nearly narrow it right back down to when I was a gossip. And all I just remember is having a pencil or a crayon in my hand. And that's how it started for me. Getting your ideas, chan- channeling ideas, visual thoughts in your head onto a piece of paper or cardboard or whatever it is. But with me, it was the side of me, school books, all through school that I got bet up for destroying them but uh, defacing them I was told one day I was doing but yeah getting back to the, the that's being creative you, you use whatever you have around you to express what's going on in your head what's going on inside you and you don't even know at the time now for me it was just enjoyable that's one thing I, I remember all through my young years adolescence teen years and even in my early 20s where I dropped it and completely left it but I do remember the joy I used to get from just drawing a picture and the frustration some days because you just, yeah, you did it wrong and I can't draw heads and I can't, you know. But uh, there was just something inside of me that constantly kept tugging and, and uh, saying, you know, you need to get back and draw. You need, you need to get home now when you're finished uh, your walk or, or on your way home from school and get that picture started or... You know, and uh, from that, then, there was other kind of ideas that formed through books. The very first book I ever read when I was about 11 was C.S. Lewis, Sly and the Witch in the Wardrobe. And sure, look, look at the imagery that that fosters in your head. So I was trying to imagine what the fawn would look like and what Aslan would look like. And, you know, and you're trying to draw these images. So I suppose, you know, for me, to answer your question... It's just something that was always there that I that I allowed to grow. Mm. I didn't get in its way in any way. Was it encouraged, Richie? I mean, I, I'm mm. interesting you should say you mentioned about school because mm. in all of these conversations, interestingly enough, school is raised, mm. and there's a place that a lot of great things can mm. be planted, mm. but a lot of things can be clipped mm. as well that shouldn't perhaps be clipped now you 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 <laughs> you, you knew you were, you were you weren't supposed to be drawn on the mm. on the on the coal flowers or whatever mm. but 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 you had to express yourself in mm. some way mm. um i'm sure some people said that is amazing will you do one on my book as oh well? yeah yeah I, I well especially when i got into some areas up the road there i was very popular where did the encouragement come when did the encouragement yeah, start that's that's it's interesting because something else you just uh, reminded me of something but certainly at home number one uh my mother god love her she she was always appreciative of of you know when she'd see me efforts and any of us and i remember my older brother Seamus, he was a good drawer as well and then he stopped 
Um, so, and my father, he was always busy, but he, he, he had a good interest in art and literature. Like, you know, for an ordinary Irish man back in rearing a family in the 70s, you know, he was doing his best. But I was surprised in later life, long after he died, when I used to hear him talk about Picasso and people like that. Because at the time I was going, Picasso, who the hell is he? And then I was thinking afterwards when I, when I became familiar with Picasso in a very, very uh, limited way, I said, God, my, my dad years ago was aware of Picasso. And, you know, he didn't have Google, he didn't have a smartphone to, to look him up or his work, so he had to go out there and find out find about out him. About it, yeah. So, you know, but, yeah, uh, so my parents definitely, yeah, were, were very encouraging of some of the drawings I do, and they'd say, oh, that's very good, you know, keep going. They never... They never uh, or negative in any way. And then I do remember in primary school, I had a strange rela- uh, relationship with one of the teachers there. You know, if it, there were different times. But isn't it funny? Now, I was a messer. Don't, uh, I'll, uh, I'll hold my hands up. Um, so I got into a lot of other. But there was one thing he, he always gave me a pass on and was, was there were probably the few times he was nice to me was when we used to do art once a week in the school for a whole afternoon and I would throw myself into this and I'd even come in with extra pictures and everything and he was actually quite nice to me. The rest of the week then he'd hammer me around the classroom. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. You just reminded me of that there now when you said, you know, school can be... Yeah, it can be one or the other. Uh, Or it can be both. Mm. I I mean, it really depends. Uh, And generally you'll be exposed to maybe Mm. a great writer or somebody will say something like, have you read that book? Mm. Or this is in, in... in the classroom and you bring it down you have a look at it or something inspires you uh, but equally equally something can stop you you can mm. be cur- curtailed oh, yeah. and that can can inhibit you then for mm. the rest of your life and you don't explore what you perhaps should have explored mm. but your your freedom and your nurture as well by the sound of things was you were encouraged at home to definitely keep yeah. doing that yeah, that's yeah. fantastic yeah. stuff and mm. um so did you channel that then did you did you carry that with you or did you kind of shelve it and go well there isn't really much of a future for anything in this. Let's explore other things. No, um, I, I totally wa- was loving it. And my mother, going back to my mother, God, God rest her, she was she was thinking ahead. And only for her, she got me lessons with the great May Rally from when I was about nine to when I went into first year. May Rally didn't teach anyone once they went into secondary school, I remember. I remember she, she said to me, now you keep going, you keep doing art when you, when you get to St Mary's, but that didn't happen. St Mary's, I dropped art, funnily enough. Uh, I tried it, but it was on a Saturday morning back then, and I was mad into me fishing and down the fields, and that was another aspect mm. of, I suppose, that fed into it in later life that's coming back now, because I do a lot of sculptures that involve nature. But Plus, there was a huge theory element. Mm. rather than practical element as well and I remember in secondary school there was a lot of reading about it and learning mm. about artists mm. which 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 probably if you're practical and you want to get your hands dirty and you want to get the paint on the canvas mm. it, it you kind of go ah yeah I don't really have time for that just let me get drawn here yeah that's true too I I, I used to be very impatient I still can be yeah. but not, not, not as much uh, but back then I wanted uh, I wanted kind of instant results yeah. um, and, and, and I was my own worst critic I remember and I said that's not good enough and you know I can't draw that properly and uh, I remember with, with May Rally, she was brilliant because the way she brought us along uh, and tutored us she was hard on us 
because she would, I remember too, she would. She used to be hard on me. I thought she was strict and hard on me, but at the very end, after about four years being with her, she did say to me, you know, the reason I was tough on you is because, you, you know, you, you, got you have a fair bit of talent there you now and don't ignore it. And, 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 and how did that make you feel? Did I, that must have been. I was chucked to bits because yeah. I didn't yeah. think I, I really got on that well. Yeah, yeah. I was very respectful of her. Great artist, lovely woman. Yeah. I um, went to her. I mm. went to her as well myself, yeah. Uh, so... You so know, she encouraged you she did. at that point. Yeah, and then I kind of felt, I remember, I kind of ha- had let her down a wi- in ways because I stopped formally getting lessons. Go on, or I, yeah. didn't, I didn't study art all through my secondary years, but okay. <laughs> it's odd the way that finished up. Uh, I needed an extra honour in the leaving cert. Okay. So uh, at the beginning of the sixth year, I said, how am I going to do this? So I went into Mick McCoy, the career guidance teacher at the time and I says listen I'm half thinking I might like to go to art college and he's going you left it a little bit late didn't you and I said well, what do you mean he says you need a portfolio and I said okay uh, sure let's let's try and get the honour in art and he says but you haven't been studying it and I said sure I'll get the notes sure I'll sign up for the exam so I paid for the exam and signed up for it and I got one of the past pupils history the art uh, mm. the history of art notes all the curriculum study them Rocked up for the for the for the exam at the end of the leaving cert and got the honour in it. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> no, it happened, you did but not. I managed it. Yeah. Well, well done. You. But then you see, I didn't have a portfolio. I, I yeah. And did you cobble together some stuff at that particular point? And did you kind of say, right, I better put put some something. I had a bit done. Okay. And I remember my uncle, who's dead now. He was a lecturer in the regional down there in Athlone. It was called at the time. Yeah. And, and North Gate Street, the art department was up there, and he brought me up to meet the head of the department, the art department. And all I had was about 10 drawings. They were very detailed and uh, a lot of it was fantasy art. And he was impressed. He said, look, I'd have you in here in the morning. But you just don't have enough of a portfolio. So, so my advice to you is to go away for a year and do a part-time course or whatever and build up your portfolio. But there again, you see, it, the father had died a few years previous and I wanted to get out and work. And I wasn't just sure what I wanted to do. And I wasn't just fully sold on the idea of spending four years in art college like and then I think well, where do I go from there do mm. I become an art what, teacher what's at the end of that yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. and was all of that and there was a lot of negativity around in the late 80s and not a huge amount of job opportunities so I suppose to cr- going back to the creative thing I always liked the trades uh, and I went to sign up to to be a carpenter joiner then in that loan in Anko at the time and I got in working with wood yeah and I loved it and I've no regrets and to be, it's funny if I didn't go down that road I wouldn't be sitting across from you here now that's talking about sculpture yeah, there's that's absolutely no way it would have happened and I'm, I'm 1000% fa- yeah, sure of that it always fascinates me mm. that that even even carpentry joinery mm. it's a craft mm. it's a very it is. well respected craft mm. That, that it's tactile. You're feeling wood. You're working with it. You're working with grain. You're Tri- working with the way it three dimensionally. Three dimensionally. Really yes. important. But, yeah. Um, and I, it always fascinates me, and especially when you say something like that, that the, the, Richie Clark would not be a sculptor today, no. were it not for the fact that he studied a craft. Mm-hmm. H- yeah. How, um, you know, uh, uh, how st- a join works or how mm. something mm. stays there and how uh, mm. all the time you were you were training as a as a carpenter joiner were you would, would there be days when you'd be dreaming about the, the mm. sc- sculpting or, or what you could do with that piece of wood, and wood yep. w- is that the um, way it happened 
I, I can actually remember the defining moment. Um, as, I, as I said, I, I signed up. I was an apprentice carpenter at this stage, really enjoying it and enjoying the challenge of working with wood. And a lot of my friends were tradesmen too. So, you know, there was all of that. And I, I, more importantly, I, w I was able to work. There wasn't a lot of work around, but I was working and I was earning a few quid. Uh, and then I remember going into Old Days Bazaar when I was the news agents one day. And I'd always be flicking through the magazines, and there was this English magazine, Wood Carving, monthly. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Picked it up, bought it. What age are you now at this point? I'd say 20. Okay, 20s. Okay, you're in your 20s. And uh, I remember I was just fascinated. I was reading all the articles about these guys doing wonderful carvings. And uh, read it two or three times. And so much so, I was, I was inspired so much so that I immediately sent away for a small box of carving tools. And that's where the hobby started. So like I'm in the early 50s now, so that's over 30 years ago. And that's where the, the create, creative side of me and the drawing and my rally and all the sketching poured itself Went down there into, into this that because I had to go back to drawing again to do the designs and then two-dimensionally in deep relief carving at the very beginning get these carved out from wood. And, and that's then, I've never left it since and here I am now 10 years as a full-time hmm. Irish. Wh when did it become full-time? Yeah, when, when did, uh, you, you mentioned there about the chainsaw mm. carving. We, mm. We'll come to that mm. in a second. But when, when did you realise or wha was it a, a point where it, it that this was possible? This is mm. entirely possible for me to do this. Mm. It's funny, circumstances uh, pushed me into it more and it was a thing that, it's, it, this might sound funny, but it was a case of survival. Uh, I had a small furniture making workshop down in the industrial estate. I was self-employed for a good few years at this point. And of course, I was mad busy. Uh, this is before the kids came along. This would have been, you know, I was really busy from about 2000 up until the, the crash, whatever you want to call it, 2007, 2008. Okay. Yeah. Had to wrap up the workshop. It just wasn't viable anymore. Um, there just wasn't a living in it. And, we, you know, we wanted to start a family and the whole lot. So I was thinking, listen, it would be better for me to go back as a private woodworker on the fly. Still have a lot of clients. Thankfully, mm. they kept me going. So anyway, I wrapped up the workshop around 2008 and was doing private carpentry work for people. But I found, now, in tandem up to there, you know, while I had the workshop, I was still doing the wood carving as a hobby. And sometimes in pieces of furniture, I would bring in a carving element to it. And some restoration guys heard about me and I was reproducing some, you know, we'll say um, scroll carving or foliage carving on an old piece. I might have to copy a carving for a, a restoration guy in Dublin. Okay. Those little jobs came in here and there. But... Uh, I wasn't really making money at them. I was just really enjoying doing them. This is pre-boom of the internet, isn't it? I mean, yeah. are we talking about... Yeah. It? Yeah. So you weren't... It, it was probably pre-Facebook and pre... Mm. So oh, yeah. So this was word of mouth, I'm thinking, yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all happening word word yeah. of mouth. That your, your skill, your mm. craft, your your ability mm. is, is bringing people to your door. Yeah, it, it, and it was just trickling in. You know, yeah. it, it certainly wasn't enough of business to, to solely focus on. But... What I found then was uh, I could be busy this week and then next week I might have two days walk. Uh, and it's funny, we went to uh, 
a festival myself and Jenny you know I she was girlfriend at the time and I dragged her over to Gloucestershire to this show called uh, Sculp Tree over in Gloucestershire Western Brit Arboretum back around 2000 and it was the first time I saw large scale chainsaw carvers from Canada and America and Germany and a few English guys it was just crossing the Atlantic and it was really getting a foothold in Europe and I was looking at these guys you know with these 10 12 feet massive logs and turning them into amazing pieces of art in a few days and, and, and that sowed the seed I remember I went God I have to start thinking large scale here you know that's what I really want to do up until then I was in my workshop with hand tools you know carving small pieces but they were taking so long I, I could never see a future in it and sadly there isn't really in that type of carving there mm. really isn't okay um, so I remember then when coming flipping back then to where I am in 2008 2009 so the work was uh, you know stop start at that stage I decided you know I must buy a chance so I'll just get into this and see what it's like and have a go at it and I wouldn't have had really any major experience with chainsaws at that stage, you know. So uh, I was, you know, a little bit nervous about the whole thing. <laughs> Researched it as much as I could and, and tried to keep myself as safe as I could. Um, well, I did a good job. I still have all my Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I see that. <laughs> I see that. But uh, so I started messing about again with a chainsaw. And, and what struck me was the thing about using a chainsaw is you can't procrastinate you have to just go for it you know you, you really have to keep the thing moving you have to trust yourself yeah uh, and and it's amazing what can result when you just give over to to that and allow yourself to just move quickly with the saw mm. and remove wood and get some shapes down fairly fast instead of just prodding and poking at mm. it so uh on the days off if you like uh, I was messing about with the chainsaw and I was getting some good results and then I found that uh, the odd person wanted to buy them and that, you know that gives you a bit more confidence so I was getting a bit better I was learning more about it I was getting more books um, and what happened then I remember I was talking to um, Bartle Darcy at the time he was, he was manager out in Belvedere yeah and he was taking down a couple of big oaks on the way down to the lake on the left hand side it had been condemned for some reason and I remember I was out there because I used to spend a lot of time walking around out there Lovely on the quiet days with the, the young kids and uh, got chatting them and I said what are you going to do with the, the logs there oh he said sure everyone's looking for them. I said no I'm not looking I, just, I said I wouldn't mind carving one of them oh and um, the life festival I think it was the first life festival was on hi was was that was hit no was that was hi-fi wasn't hi-fi, it that was hi-fi before it was that and then oh it the first life yeah, festival took yeah, over from yeah. that sorry i beg your pardon go on and uh he says uh god he said uh, i'll talk to the guys here sure maybe you could do it as part of an art installation you know for the for festival, festival. okay nice idea jeez i didn't sign up for this <laughs> now, <laughs> but i wasn't going to i said to myself look bartle's giving me a shot here he, he's putting a bit of faith in me this is a great shop window i've got uh grab this That's with a both great hands and see what what happens okay so fair had he seen your work Richie well, he'd seen some of it okay. the smaller stuff but he'd never seen the, I hadn't done much large scale stuff okay. so like he took a punt on me to be okay fair isn't that interesting yeah he trusted me yeah that's exactly what he did validated to deliver yeah because this that could this, that could have went horribly wrong unbelievable <laughs> unbelievable oh yeah it could have 
So uh, it all went well. I did it during the festival and it was great crack. And I, I learned a lot about myself that weekend. Yeah. I learned that I could do it under pressure. Yeah. And that I could I could deliver. Yeah, okay. And uh, sure, they were delighted. Uh, Belvedere were delighted with it and it was a nice attraction there for a few years. So that were you paid at this point, or, or did you say you do it? No, because it was. I just wanted an in, and yeah, when yeah, you, yeah. When yeah. you're starting off at this sort of stuff, money doesn't come into it. Everyone will tell you, yeah, yeah, lost yeah, leaders. Yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah, need yeah, to just yeah, get yeah. your foot in the door. Okay, you get you get known. Exactly, people see it. Uh, and had and you had you a plan that at, at this point? Of I had what a sketch. I okay, had a sketch and yeah. a clay model because I had to because uh, I had to barter system. What are you going to carve? And I said, leave it with me. Okay, and I went back home a few sketches so I came up with the green man of the forest you know that he's at the edge of the forest and this is the green man the guardian of the forest going into the forest walk Bartle loved the idea and and he became the oak king that was out there for a few years so I think it's gone now I think it was destroyed with the woodworm unfortunately you know if these pieces aren't being well maintained then okay that happens but anyway um, yeah it turned out really well everyone was delighted huge reaction loads of photos word went round a bit Started getting asked by people, you know, would you do this, would you do that? And then you see the awkward part comes in then, you know, because you have to make the decision, okay, I have to start getting paid for this, mm. or else it's okay. just no point, obviously. Okay, you know, we you all have to price to eat. Difficult to price. You do the first few cheap, and, you know, rightly so, uh, to get to build up a bit of a portfolio, and like you say, to build up your confidence as well. Mm. So one or two more came from that. Then I was ch- got chatting to David Clark shortly after that, and the whole Festival of the Fires That's was flying right. at the time, and did a couple of pieces on yeah. the hill up there. They looked after me too, you know. Um, as I say, I wasn't in it for the money. It was just to make more contacts. Of course. And I remember um, the Festival, yeah, the Festival of the Fires. That's where I met Nick Piper and Marie Brett, who run... The Green Crafts Fields in the Electric Picnic and all the major festivals here and Glastonbury. They're an English couple. And the whole idea of Green Crafts is um, to bring in blacksmiths, stonemasons, people like me, woodcarvers. Basket makers. Everybody, yeah, willow weavers, the whole lot. Mm. So that if you want to come into the field and give give me a tenor, well, I'll do a quick workshop with you and show you how to do basic carving. And you walk away with a little piece after about a course of an hour. And that's your little momentum. Lovely. And, and you've learned something. Lovely. That's the whole idea of Green Crafts. Great ethos and, and, and some great people. And I made friends there that I still have today. But I did a, I, I bor- they were at the festival that weekend. And I was still working on, on the big piece I did out there that weekend. And they put it to me. God, you know, do you do, do you do workshops? Do you do festivals? And, of course, at this stage, I'm up for anything. And uh, I said, no, I w- what do you mean exactly? And they told me. And they said, look, d- you want uh, Marie gave me a card. Look, there's our website. Go on it. Have a look. You'll see it is what it is we do. We're involved in all the major music festivals. You will be paid. You will be looked after. You need to get yourself insured. All of that. Now, they're, they're really tight unit. They're still operating very well organized. They treat people with respect. It's none of this what you hear a lot of, you know, g- guys go away and they're not paid or to treat it badly. Anyway, I, I worked w- w- with the two of them, I'd say, for about four or five years and did a lot of the festivals and had great crack. And uh, that ran its course. Uh, but through that, I met a guy 
who used to set up the field, who, who Nick and Marie, uh, he was their foreman. He was uh, a self-employed tree surgeon who was very well involved with Husqvarna Ireland as well. And he used to set up the field for green crafts at the Electric Picnic. And he also used to sit up and run the field for Husqvarna at the National Plowing Championship, okay. which is a big deal. Huge deal. Yeah. yeah. So Kevin uh, Birchall was his name, a lovely guy. And Kevin, I got, to, I got friendly with Kevin and he saw what I was doing. And he saw, I used to bring some of the bigger pieces with me that I was chainsaw carving. I'd bring them in the van and stand them up and uh, for display pieces. And he said to me, do you, know, do you do much big work? And I said, well, never I can, you know. And he said, um, would you be interested in doing the plowing? championships this year for Husqvarna to be part of the team as a demo carver and I'm kind of going well this is it you know you've, you've bought here this is the door yeah, yeah. You, you've only do I walk through it or not yeah, yeah you've only you've only yourself to blame if okay. you don't take this on and then you it was one of those moments yeah, yeah. where I just said yeah yeah no problem I'll do it and I'm kind of going <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I walked behind the canvas and uh put my head in my hands and said what, what am I after signing up for here but anyway uh, they looked after me really well I was absolutely bricking it uh, got what when was this Richard what oh, year was the what, what year were we talking about probably 2012 okay mm. okay did a, a large piece they installed a log for me and I went down a day early to get it started I was really nervous and I was staying on site and it's like you know, being in this pressure cooker. And, and going back to what I said earlier, you really learn a lot about yourself. Mm. Because, you know, it's great to be able to zone out and, and, and focus on the design and what you're actually trying to do and achieve and sculpt. And you're in, you're in the zone. It's like you when you're playing music. I know you're well used to crowds at this stage, but I wasn't. And then, you know, I'm into it. And then I flip up the, the earmuff and the visor and I turn around, there's 150 people, you know, two metres away from me, leaning over the rail and s staring at me because I'm a demo carver. And you, you just have a, have a, what a, a meltdown in your yeah, head for moment, about five moment, seconds. Yeah. And you just, you just have to keep going. Mm. Uh, and after, after the first day, I was okay. But, uh, and then I started to enjoy it. Because the beauty, I suppose, of the muffs, the visor and the helmet was it was like a barrier. Mm. You could switch You're off in your own it. world. Yeah. And yet you were aware of all the people around you and you just kept working. Um, but that that was a ma uh, for me, it was it was career T turning changing. point. Yeah. Mm. Turning point in your life. Creatively, a turning De point in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And could you see then at that particular time when you're validated so so very well mm. by Bartle, you're validated by your two friends from the the, the, the music festivals, mm. and you're validated by a company like Husqvarna. Mm. That to me is like, uh, okay, mm. Mm. these people are telling you something. Um, they've they've told you how good you are mm. and how much your work is appreciated. Mm. Um, are you believing it? No. Yourself yet or not? No, no, no. Okay. You're just going. Uh, it's okay. it's the old imposter syndrome, isn't it? Okay. You're yeah. just going. I'm going to be caught out here sooner rather than later. Okay. But I just hope I can keep going without them figuring out that I'm not that as good as they think I am. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's fair enough about mm. imposter syndrome. That I I, I fully understand that. Mm. What what I what I think is more important is that you're creative force the, that force within mm. you which mm. which is Richie Clark 
sculptor. Mm. That force that has to get the drawing done on the back of the page mm. on on the on the the journal in school. Uh, that that is finally validated, mm. and that is finally you are Richie Clark sculptor. Mm. That's this is what you are. Mm. Um, yeah, the imposter syndrome is insecurity, and all great actors and all great singers and all great every writers are insecure mm. behind it mm. uh, because they question. Mm. They question why, wh- what, why me? What, what I, I'm not that good. I, it, that insecure feeling. Mm. Yeah. But but I think you you've gotten enough validation at this point, right, in 2012, to to say to you, right, uh, this is entirely possible. I can entirely mm. do this. So then you. Did it then become the full-time f- part of your life after the Husqvarna, the, after the I would plowing? say, yeah, uh, it, it, things started to happen really quickly uh, after that. From there? From, yeah, from the yeah, okay. the contacts. Uh, I, I met people from uh, a couple from the Zoological Society. And I remember uh, they took me a few cards and, you know, Saying, do you do you know different types of work? And I said, yeah, yeah. Look, at, I said I'll design whatever you want. Um, t- you know, and and you have those conversations all day long at the ploughing, and as uh, as I called them, you know, you, you've probably eighty five percent tire kickers and fifteen percent good potential clients in the mix. Mm-hmm. So you forget, you know, you, because you've you've had a really intensive three four days. You're coming home, you're a bit burnt out, and you forget a lot of the people that you were actually talking. Then you've handed mm. out probably two thousand cards. So next thing, about three months later, I get this um, lovely email from the director of Dublin Zoos, or the, the yeah the director Do- Leo Oosterbeekel was his name. I think he's retired now. Dutchman, lovely lovely guy, and his secretary emailed me. And she said, could you come up? Uh, would like, uh, Leo would like to have a meeting with you. You know, we're developing the, the sea lion cove here and we want to put in some carvings. I go, oh, that was, mm. I'm thinking, oh, mm. God. So naturally, I, yeah, love to meet you. Up I went, met him. He showed me the plans. It was a big development at the time. And we're inc- incorporating a lot of the, the um, Haida uh, Indian artwork which is the big western red cedar totem poles that you see uh, from north to Seattle up in uh, the Hyde Islands uh, all around Fascinating there. So that things. culture that we're yeah. bringing into into the, the, the design. Mm. Uh, so I had to go away and, and I really loved that project because he just said look there's the brief. I want four totem poles but they have to be authentic or this isn't going to work and if you met that man you just he just he doesn't do messing. You have to, you have to be right. come back with your research. With the actual done. wood that, that from the cedar wood or, or oh or the cedar wood was was easy enough to source. It, you know, like uh, once it was a cedar, uh, western red cedar, you can get it here, but it's it's scarce enough. You know, you get the common macrocarpus cedar or the cedar of Lebanon here. But what was important was the symbology. Hmm. You see, their mythology. It's like ours, but it's all symbols, the Haida art. And, you know, a lot of the, the Haida tribes up there toward fourth, fifth generation, you'll see them even have the tattoos all over them, you know, of the raven, the bear, the wolf, what they all mean, mm. uh, how the world was formed in their eyes. You know, there's all, the stories are fascinating, mm. and it's all so intelligent and multi-layered. So I had to go away and study all that Haida symbolism, and I made notes, and I had to try and, tell a story because you see what's really interesting is 
uh, and I'd love to go there and see them, but in the old um, chieftain's longhouses of a village, he had a totem pole outside the, his longhouse. And he was either raven family or wolf family. And then okay. underneath is the symbology. And a, Haida, a person from Haida culture can stand in front of that and read his totem pole and see his family lineage. Really? It's, it's amazing. So really? I, I just couldn't pick stuff and throw it in there. Yeah, it had to have a, a meaning. Yeah. yeah and wow. um, so I designed four, did the sketches, wrote the notes, a lot of, lot of kind of notes with everything, presented it to, to Leo then about two weeks later. And uh, he said, leave it with me. And I'm kind of thinking, well, do you not look through it now and let me know what you <laughs> think? <laughs> so he was going to take his time. I need to know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I got a phone call from, he says, Richie, love this. He says, oh, yeah, oh it's wow. very authentic. Oh, wow. He says, if you, can, if you can carve these half as good as you've drawn them, I'll be very happy. So then there was the logistics of actually physically doing it, the steel supports, getting it all up to Dublin. There was a lot of to and fro and coming back to what we touched on earlier, the carpentry and mm. the building mm. experience, mm. it mm. served me so well. At that point. On jobs like that. And even the project we're working on at the minute. Your so journey right up to this has it's served it's you, oh leading you up it to it's it. It's as if it was just meant to okay. just well cross over. That's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, wow. like nothing phases me now insofar as structure or assemblage okay. of bigger pieces. Because okay. I know how to put them together. If I have to get steel made, I'll go out to okay. Paddy Ronan okay. to draw and say, Paddy, I need that lump of steel okay. made up. That's going to support this. Uh, wow. And so I've, I've often read about other sculptors who just came from pure art background. And that's fine. But they knew nothing about structure and, and loads and mm -hmm. how to prop things and mm -hmm. health and safety. And how does this physically go together? Because, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a lovely piece of art, but it has to stand up and it can't fall over and kill somebody. Because we're, teen we're dealing with a huge piece here. Mm. Um, that, that it's so fascinating. It's such a fascinating subject. We could talk for hours on oh this. Oh, yeah. And, and, and <laughs> but, but I... I, I need you to, to do something mm. within the little space of time that we have here mm. today. And I need you to do something that you just have arrived at mm. right there. And, mm. and, and it's interesting that we have arrived here. Um, not about the future, but I'll come to the future in a second. But for somebody who is still drawing on, on, on the back of copybooks and, and that, and that really, really has a desire and an ambition... Uh, and, and not an ambition, it's the wrong word, a want, a need mm. to get that creative outlet, somebody to, to, to validate that creative outlet. How would you, within your world, how would you advise somebody to, uh, what, what should they do? Well, who should they go to? What, what should they reach out in some way? How, uh, how would you advise them? How would you give them a word of advice? Uh, the, the first thing I say is don't let go of it. You know, no matter what comes along, you know, during your, your life, your young life, you know, career-wise, don't let go. Keep it as a hobby. Don't let go of, of any creative strand that's in you, whether it be writing or visual arts or music. And as regards reaching out, I had no one to reach out to because there was no teachers here, really. Now, I did go over to the UK to Chris Pye, who taught me hand carving who was somebody I admired and I had bought all his books and I'm d delighted to say that I met him and spent a week with him. 
Um, but as regards to Chainsaw Carbon, I was completely self-taught. Now, what I find now is uh, people, young lads are emailing me, and I'm more than delighted to help them because, you know, I, I wouldn't take the attitude, well, nobody helped me, so why should I bother? Okay. You know, that's... that's You're happy to impart the knowledge. Yeah, but sure, like, uh, why wouldn't I? Yeah. If I can help them along the yeah. way, long after I'm dead, they'll be doing it, hopefully, and they'll say, well, geez, Richie Clark gave me a few pointers, okay. you know. Um, they're never going to take work off me because okay. I'm pretty well established now okay. and I'm a lot older than them. Okay. So why, why would I feel Why would you be precious? In why would you way? be precious? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, well, uh, that's generous, Richie. Some people would. So well, I mean, I, it is generous with your creativity. It's, it's generous with, with, yeah. But it's you as a person. Yeah, so. and, and, you know, I, 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 there's three or four, there's about six professional guys like us in the country. When I say professional, you know, we're fully insured, tax compliant, and we do public work. And it's our full living. So we're professional. Okay. Sculptors, chainsaw carpenters, whatever you want to call us. We all get on well. Now, they're scattered around the country. We try not to step on each other's toes. Like, the, I know there's some big jobs that I, I'll be contacting. They're tendered. Yeah, to yeah, tender for. And I know the lads are also tendering. Now, once or twice, they might ring me and say, are you, are you looking at that? And I might say, well, yeah, I was emailed about it. But I've enough on. I can step back if you're not busy enough. But that's only a thing happened once where one guy just, he wasn't mm. busy and he needed to work. And mm. I said, well, do you know what? I won't stand in your way. Lovely. You know, because I'm busy. Um, but there's no, we get, when we meet up at the odd event, we all sit down and have a pint and we get on really well. Because Richie Clark does his thing. John Hayes and Waterford does his thing. Will okay. Fogarty and Limerick does his thing. Saul Down and Cork does his thing. Okay. Their art uh, and sculptures are recognisable, you know, for their styles. I'm my style. I don't want to know about what they're doing. Okay. Why should I? I'm, I'm focused mm, on you. what I do it's you, yeah. and, and what's in me and how to yeah. get it out there and, and how to improve and get better and better. You know, like if I lived 10 lifetimes, I wouldn't carve what's in my head. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's, 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 that's the frustration. That's brilliant. It's <laughs> brilliant you should say that because I was speaking to somebody uh, earlier on in one of these uh, episodes and I was speaking to somebody and I remember having a discussion with a writer once upon a time uh, and a question came into the radio station to ask the writer what the writer did when he got writer's block. Mm. And he said, he answered, he said, Writer's block. I don't have enough time. <laughs> he said, I, have enough, no, I haven't got enough time. There is enough hours in the day for me mm. to get down the words that I want to get down. Are you the same yeah, as that? Yeah, yeah. That interesting. It can, you know, <laughs> and you can, it's great when, 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 you, when just something clicks during the day. It doesn't happen every day. And then some days, you know, you get into that zone and you just have to catch it. It's like catching a wave. And you'll do two, three hours work and you'll stand back and look at it and you go, how did I nail that? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. T- t- uh, we, we, we could talk for hours, mm. and, and I hope we will resume mm. a conversation again in, in another, uh, when we get another opportunity. Um, I need you to do something today, mm. though. I, uh, ambition, future, what's Richie Clark at now? Uh, is, there, is there any uh, that's creative um, soul that you have is going to create forever, mm. I, I would suspect, and, yeah. and uh, we hope. But but 
what what is there anything interesting? Yeah, is there a few things interesting. It's funny. Uh, uh, I won't go on too long about it, but but lockdown, uh, as I've sent you the other day, uh, uh, had a strange effect on me. It made me reconnect with with art more in its purest form, drawing, sketching, painting, even. Uh, got more into that. Really loving it. So that's my little hobby away from wood carving, but it feeds into what I do as well. Mm. Also. Through the wood caravan, uh, an interesting thing happened to me a couple of years ago. I designed these characters years ago, right? They're a family of characters that were in my head. I carved the main one. Had a little story about them, right? Then I was asked to put a couple of characters into a playground in Lucan uh, a couple of years ago by Fingal County Council. So I put in the, the male and the female, mm. right, uh, as part of a collection of pieces. And um, they turned out really well you know, full size, six, seven foot, and they look great. And uh, then the lads asked me, well, do you know, we need we need um, storyboards, to, you know, for these characters. So I wrote the stories. And uh, the male and uh, the female, his wife, his partner, whatever. And uh, about two weeks later, the manager rang me, says, Richie, you're not going to believe this. He says, um, there's few people being offended by the, the story you wrote about the female. You make her look as if she's nothing better to do only than wash, cook and clean for your man. And I go, what? Mm. Sure, she's the intelligent one of the group. Sure, does that not come across? No, no, we have to take it out. Can you change it? And I'm going, yeah. Of course, I got me back up. Okay. I've since, <laughs> and it's gone to an editor. It's been edited at the moment. I've since wrote a book what I've wrote. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've done a 22,000 word children's story of of the characters, of these characters. And I've brought a lot of mythology into it Good and fleshed it out. So I've gone down a little si- side avenue here, wow. and it's re- I'm finding it really really exciting wow. because it's something I thought I could never do. Now I'm not saying it's brilliant, but um, I've I've shown it to a few people, and the editor, the girl that's looking at it now, she initially she said I really like this, you know. Mm. Um, so that's exciting for next year because uh, you know I'm going to try and get it out there, mm. s- see if somebody will look at it, mm. but. That came about from me being, I suppose, miffed about how someone got offended over really just a character that doesn't exist, you know, and how I described it. And I just thought, oh, here, look, uh, I have to do something about this. Okay. Do we have to wait for another day to find out what the end result was on that? Did you did you amended it for? Did you? Oh yeah, like I had to just do a stripped down version completely and take out what they felt was. They they got two or three complaints. Okay. uh, And I said, right, okay, well, let me know what the complaints are, and I'll just completely dumb down the story. Okay. Okay. Really, that's why I was so annoyed because the, the character really meant nothing to me afterwards okay. because these were the few points that were really interesting and quirky and funny about the character okay. and I had to just delete them because somebody got offended okay. like it's amazing how a lump of wood in a park can, can offend somebody and what you say about it we <laughs> live in a we live in a very interesting world yeah, uh, right yeah, now where, yeah. where, where uh, the critics are uh, very very active mm. and looking for looking for something to jump on and they will yeah, find it yeah. uh, and 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 that's in all walks of mm. life um but it's interesting that you're if you're going down this road you 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 will be faced with 
the red marker of an editor and, and mm. they will mm. tell you, Richie, mm. I don't mm. like mm. And, <laughs> you know... Uh, I, I, you know, it, and, and, and you, <laughs> it's amazing. You have to kind of go, OK, all right, then. Yeah. I, I, it's fascinating. It's and, a fascinating yeah, world. And it's something yeah. that I have to just... Uh, and dreading it in a way. She was highly recommended. I know. But you've done it. You've done it. Yeah, yeah. but I know now in, in January now she's she's going to have it ready for me. But I think there's going to be a lot of red marks. Okay. No, no. But I mean, that's interesting. Yeah, and, yeah. and and it's learning to deal mm, with the red yeah, markers. So it's, it's, it's character form. It's character format. Plus it's informative, and plus mm. you learn from it. And mm. and and mm. you are on a, a, a learning road. And and yeah. by the sound of things, you've listened to a lot of people on that mm. road, and mm. you've you followed your own soul on it, mm. which is which is 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 uh, a testament to where you're at now and well mm. done to you um b- but uh, yeah y- you listen and you learn mm. and you o- and you open your eyes and you mm. yeah and you see and watch but and it's um yeah. it's it's funny because i had to take a, a bit of time off recently as just the shoulder was giving me trouble i had to have a, a little operation on this so I, I i took a few weeks to finish the story and it, it just it was the same buzz as when i'm carving Really? Isn't it funny? Yeah, it is funny. You know, yeah. and it's that it produce asked at the very beginning, creativity. Yeah. It's that little kernel, it's that little bug you have from when you're a gossip with a pen or picking up a ukulele. To get it down whatever. there. To, to put it down. To just do it. And uh, I think the best thing you can do if you're young enough and mature enough to see it is recognise it and step out of the way and let it happen and, and, and nurture it as you go through life. And you never know what's going to happen. And look at me, look, it happened late in life for me. Mm. I'm a professional now. Mm. And that was a dream. When I was in my 20s, I was doing okay at the carpenter work. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the dream was, oh God, wouldn't you love to be a full-time wood carver? And here you are, a full-time now, wood carver. And when I'm, I have six missed calls from managers in Dublin wondering where the caravan is that I promised them a month ago, I just go, Richie, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> okay, yeah. But in the meantime, you have found the time to encourage a couple of mm. people who have reached out to you and said, look, we're interested in this. Uh, and that's the nurture. And that's uh, that's perhaps the reason we're here is mm. to try and mm. encourage whatever is out there to, mm. to, to get involved and to do it and to follow your heart and follow your dream. Yeah, you hear people say, you know, I was born to do it. But I think it's a, that's a real thing. Yeah. That's very yeah. true. Mm. We could talk for hours, mm. and I know we will talk again, but uh, for now, Richie Clark, sculptor <laughs> and woodcarver, and now book writer. Who knows? Why not? That sounds <laughs> wonderful. Thank you for coming in, Richie. Oh, you're welcome. I enjoyed it. You can find out more about Richie's work on his website, rcwoodcarving.com. The In Conversation series is brought to you by Westmeath County Libraries.